Sports Talk with Craig and John brought to you by Plastic Surgery Associates. Over 36 years of serving the region for face, body, and skin. Go to PlasticSurgeryAssociatesOfSD.com. He's Craig Maddock. I'm John Gaskins. Fox Sports 98.1, AM 1230, and KWSN.com. So, I teased it. There's a South Dakota connection to what made Don Shula one of the greatest coaches in the history of football. Craig, can you guess what that connection is? Hmm. Well, let's see. Joe Foss was the commissioner of the American Football League. Ooh. Uh, Miami came into the league. Joe Foss, of course, former South Dakota governor. Yeah. All-time great. It's a good guess. Um... A good guess. Would, uh, let's see. How about the uh, owner? The, uh, would, would the owner of uh, the Dolphins back then um, be a part of it? Do you remember the name? With uh, the Dolphins. Uh, oh, <laughs> it's the the, the, oh. the before it was the Jim Langer MVP award for the state football championship game MVP. Oh, Joe Robbie. That's right. Yes. They named the stadium after him, even down there. They did. It's uh, it, then it turned into like Land Shark Stadium, named after uh, the, I, I think, well, the the Land Shark beer, and of course, I, I believe that's a that's a Jimmy Buffett enterprise. But anyway, yes, with the the stadium they have right now, uh, before it became a revolving door of uh, corporate sponsor, pay for your space here. It was Joe Robbie Stadium. He was the owner of the Dolphins during Ju- Dan. Dan, Don Shula's time. Of course, we know Shula died at the age of 90 yesterday. So Fargo Forum had a call in the day uh, about this. Uh, of course, you may know that Shula won a couple of Super Bowls in 72 and 73, coaching the Finns. He also coached the Baltimore Colts right. before that. He went uh, two and three in Super Bowls. In Miami. is it, Or is that overall or in Miami? In Miami. Uh, he, he coached the Colts to the Super Bowl after the 68 season. Uh, they lost to the Cowboys, I believe. Oh, no, they lost to the Jets. That was the famous Joe Namath guarantee game for the Jets. Yeah, Don Shula was the young coach of the Colts. Anyway, um, the angle that the Fargo Forum brings is that Joe Robbie made it happen. He was the longtime owner of the Finns, starting with their inception as an American Football League franchise, the AFL, in 1965. He hired Shula away from the Colts five years later. By the way, which led to tampering charges that later cost the Dolphins a first-round pick. Yes. Was, the, uh, was uh, Bill Belichick on the staff at the time? Oh, nice. I like that. Yikes. That, that was not very nice. Uh, it, we had this Belichick versus Shula discussion last hour, and Mark called. Every time we have a Belichick discussion, I think it's the same guy who calls us and reminds us that Bill Belichick uh, twice got caught for cheating, which, you know, uh, I guess an important reminder. So Joe Robbie was a Sisseton, South Dakota native who uh, went to what was then called Northern State Teachers College, now called Northern State in Aberdeen. And then he moved to USD to study law. Joe Robbie's father was Lebanese, an immigrant who was a restaurant manager. His mother was a baker, the daughter of Irish immigrants. Robbie dropped out of high school during the Great Depression to work for to work in civilian conservation corps on work progress administration projects in the Black Hills. Mm -hmm. Joe Robbie enlisted in the U.S. Navy the day after the Japanese attacked Pearl Harbor, December 8, 1941. Joe Robbie, a Democrat, served in the South Dakota legislature, ran unsuccessfully for governor in 1950 when he was 31, moved to Minneapolis in 51 at the behest of the Minnesota DFL giant, 
the Democrat, Hubert Humphrey, then the Minneapolis mayor and another South Dakota native. Wait, Hubert Humphrey's a South Dakota native? Really? Uh, As we know, of course, the Metrodome was named after Hubert Humphrey. So you knew all this already? Yes. Oh, okay. Um, The Fargo Forum cites the Palm Beach Post, written in 2015, the 50th anniversary of Miami being granted a pro football team. Um, And here's the story. Did you still know the connection of Joe Robbie and Don Shula? Because here's how Shula became uh, lore for the Miami Dolphins via Joe Robbie, the South Dakotan. Quote, Ralph Wilson, a minority owner of the Detroit Lions, tried to plant the team in Miami in 1959 as part of the American Football League's original lineup. He couldn't reach a deal with the city over use of Orange Bowl Stadium, however, and settled on Buffalo instead. That's how the Bills came to be and how Miami's candidacy was postponed. Joe Robbie, meanwhile, had then moved from South Dakota to Minneapolis, where he became a season ticket holder for Minnesota Vikings games following the new NFL expansion entry in town. He took his kids to watch the Twins, and they went to go for basketball games. All sports held his interest then, not just football, and other than a family vacation trip to Miami Beach around 1964, he had no special connection to South Florida. That's where the dominoes began to fall again in the story of the Miami Dolphins' birth. In 1964, a group of businessmen hired Robbie to represent them as they tried to get an AFL franchise in Philly, which was already home to the NFL's Eagles. The story goes that the businessmen knew Robbie was friends with, oh, Craig, Joe Foss, the AFL commissioner, who was also a South Dakota native. I told you that. Joe Foss came around here somewhere. (laughs) World War II hero, classmate of Joe Robbie's at USD and the former two-term governor. They figured that connection couldn't hurt. Foss told Robbie uh, the AFL wasn't interested in Philly, but was looking at Atlanta and Miami. With the NFL moving to put a team in Atlanta, that left the AFL with Miami and its best option. So Robbie told his, his clients that they lost interest, but Robbie began to assemble a group to put an AFL team in Miami. He was good friends with the famed 50s and 60s television star and Hollywood player Danny Thomas. That's right. Both Lebanese Americans uh, who worked together for fundraising for Thomas's pet project, St. Jude Hospital. Mm-hmm. So Robbie started with Thomas and put together a group to start a Miami professional football franchise. Worked with Miami's mayor so the team could use the Orange Bowl. Used Thomas's star power and the connection to Humphrey to his advantage. Robbie, his partners in Miami, were awarded an AFL franchise in 1965. And Robbie's timing was perfect. He quickly gained a majority ownership in the franchise, and the Dolphins were included in the AFL-NFL merger in 66. And then, of course, he hired Don Shula. So there you go. Isn't that interesting? Yeah, there's, uh, there's a lot of South Dakotans that are, uh, that are Miami Dolphins fans because of that relationship really? that Joe Robbie had. Uh, oh, yeah, yeah, over the years. There's a lot of, a lot of Dolphins fans in this area. In fact, we have two of them in this building. That we are located, not in uh, my, the undisclosed location, <laughs> university, um, but uh, in the building. But, yeah, longtime South Dakotans will remember Joe Robbie. He was, he, and he did a lot of things back in his, in South Dakota. He, he didn't forget where his roots were. Very cool. Um, so, there's some fun tidbits of history for you. 
The uh, six degrees of Joe Robbie and South Dakota. Dot com. Don Shula retired with 347 wins. The closest active coach to that mark is Bill Belichick, who would have to average 10 wins a year over the next 15 seasons to pass Shula. He may be underrated. When's the last time Don Shula's name was mentioned when you say, who's the greatest coach in football? They mentioned Lombardi. They mentioned Walsh. They mentioned Hallis. Who's won more games? Who's the coach of the only undefeated team in history? Who won with a running game? Who won with a passing game? He's the greatest winner the greatest game has ever seen. Wow, there, there's a lot to go off of just from that audio. For me, Don Shula, the winningest coach in NFL history, is he the best? I mean, Belichick has surpassed him in that. There, there are more teams in the NFL. It's more competitive, more parody-stricken than it was in Shula's era. And Belichick owns four more Super Bowl rings. He's 6-3 and three in Super Bowls. Uh, but Shula was awesome, and his death, unfortunately, is what was required for this generation, and, and really for everyone for the first time in a generation, to be reminded of his greatness. And it was kind of a, a eureka moment for me as a sports fan in a weird way that I'll, that I'll explain to start the 4 o'clock hour of Craig and John. Fox Sports 98.1, AM 1230, and KWSN.com. We're going to go down the road of memorable deaths of sports figures and, and ones that affected you when they died. Uh, and then at 420, we'll completely pivot to a to an entirely different topic of, of modern athletics, which is uh, college, college athletes soon to be getting paid for their name and likeness, and one guy who's already in the business of helping them get the dough. Uh, Blake Lawrence in 20 minutes, former Husker football player. Uh, fascinating topic. I'm John Craig Maddock. Where are you again today? Uh, at, the, uh, at the undisclosed location. Yeah. We've added the. Wow. Like the Ohio State University, it is the... Uh, Undisclosed location. You have finally, <laughs> you have finally picked one, huh? <laughs> yeah, yes, the yeah, the one and only, oh, the legendary, legendary. Well, they should name that undisclosed location after you sometime soon. Oh no, uh, it'll be destroyed uh, one oh, time. Okay, that's too bad. It'd be like a they'll, museum. They'll, they'll be getting rid of it. Hey, let's go visit the Craig Maddock undisclosed location. Who was over there? Uh, yeah, I mean, the, the Dolphins should do something about Don Shula. That's for sure. Mike Florio said today that. Man, I mean, just like the Bears have the, I think it's the GSH, the George Hallis patches. Uh, Hallis was the winningest coach in NFL history. He owned and ran and coached the Bears for like 50 years. And uh, I, I think it took his death to finally, okay, permanently the, the Bears wear uniforms in his honor. Shula might have that kind of status in Miami. Um, but before we get to the epiphany I had, Craig, Shula as the all-time wins leader or Bill Belichick, greatest NFL coach of all time? You heard someone else make the case that it's Shula. 
You? Well, he does have the one record where he had the undefeated season. Yeah. Uh, no one can take that away from him right now. But uh, a lot of it goes to uh, your success. By far, Belichick has more success. Uh, Shula has more wins. You know, but he was he was around for thirty three years. Only had two losing seasons. Uh, he had more wins, the all time winningest. But I would give it to Belichick. Yeah, Shula had a great run early on, first in Baltimore and then with Miami. And he won two early Super Bowls in Miami, but we go all the way back to 72 and 73, back when the NFL had an AFL after the merger. I mean, there may have been 25 teams. There's 32 now. Uh, and he goes back to back and then never gets uh, – he gets back to the Super Bowl – Two more times after that in the 80s, 82 and 84, loses both of them. And for the most part, you know, when I was growing up, late 80s, early 90s, mid 90s, Shula was a great coach. By then, he was an older, aging, experienced coach, Craig, racking up the wins and surpassing Hallis. But the Dolphins, and it's not all Don Shula's fault, they weren't entirely constructed to quite be good enough to reach Super Bowls in Shula's last decade plus. Uh, let alone win a bunch of playoff games. They, they would usually lose in the divisional game. They got killed by the Bills in one of the four years in a row. The Bills reached the Super Bowl. They were always good, not great. Marino never made it. Maybe it was their defense. Maybe they didn't give Marino enough weapons. Um, but, I mean, Belichick for 20 years, pretty much the entire time, has been dominant. Again, in an age where the NFL sets things up in the draft and in the schedule. We have free agency. Where it's just, it's, it, 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 it's, it's impossible to have the kind of run that Bill Belichick has had, and here he has had it. Um, you know, that's my kind of layman's take. You can call me a young whippersnapper that doesn't appreciate his history or Don Shula's greatness, but I just feel like it's harder to win in the NFL in Bill Belichick's era than it was in Don Shula's best years, first with the Colts and then with the Dolphins. And that's partly why, I, plus, as you mentioned, Craig, I, the, the, just the, the sheer Super Bowl amount of victories and appearances uh, that elevates Belichick for me. But I'd love to hear from you, 336 well, the Dolphins had that run. We, we talk about teams that have built a team to, to try to get that Super Bowl run. It's about a five, six-year window. And certainly for the Dolphins, when you had Greasy and Zonka and Little and Warfield and Bonacani, I mean, that's a pretty good base to build off a pretty good team. They just happened to get knocked off a couple of times. But when they went uh, undefeated in 72 and then beat the Vikings, just dominated them in the, in the Super Bowl, Super Bowl VIII, uh, that was a really good time for Miami Dolphin football. Yeah. I mean, you can't say Don Shula didn't have quarterbacks. He had uh, Bob Greasy, as you mentioned, and he had Dan Marino. Belichick had one. His name was Brady. And other than those two, GMs came and gone. Coordinators came and went. Sometimes those elements leave and a team and an organization is never the same. Brady and Belichick kept winning with just a rotating cast. Completely different Super Bowl rosters among their first three when they won three out of four in their early years. And then they almost went a decade without winning it, but still uh, made a couple and lost to the Giants. And then, you know, then they come back and they roar and they win three of the last five or six with different rosters and you know, different coordinators and different, uh, different people in the front office. 
Um, and by the way, Belichick has been the main undercurrent, the main common denominator when it comes to the selection. Nobody doubts Belichick has a major say in the players he brings to his roster. I don't know what kind of say Shula did. I'm sure it was a, a lot. But I mean, Belichick's been doing this basically as a head coach and a GM. Uh, you know, reaching almost half of the last 20 Super Bowls and winning more than half of those. He's the greatest coach in NFL history. But let's go to the tires, tires, tires fan line. Mark wants to weigh in. Craig and John here on Fox Sports 98.1, AM 1230, and KWSN.com. Go ahead, Mark. Well, the the thing I would like to talk about with Don Shula and Belichick is Don Shula never cheated. You know, you got Flategate and the video aspects of what, you know, Belichick did. And I don't recall, you know, the age that I am in watching football. I don't remember Don Shula when he coached at the Colts. But Mm -hmm. when he was with the Dolphins, he never cheated. You know, he never did anything to get over the edge. Now, granted, Bill Belichick's a great coach. But we also need to remember, gentlemen, that he cheated. So... You know, I, I'm the the wins and losses with Belichick, but, but but let's let's look at what Don Shula did and and how he did it back in the day with the players that he did have. Fair point, and can stay on the line, Mark, because my response would be first of all that 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 does knock Belichick down a peg. I would I would say there was less surveillance back in Don Shula's heydays of possible cheating that was going on. That you're not going to hear about other teams besides the Patriots and a Patriot-dominated league cheating because they're they're the ones with the big targets on their back. And to what level do we know they cheated? Okay, filming another team's practice before a Super Bowl. That's terrible. Do we believe they're the only team that's ever done that or ever did that back in their day? And the flake gate, you know, when it comes to the parameters of the football that Tom Brady wants to have, those are the two that we know of, right? Spygate and the flake gate. Have I, have I left anything out? Right, and, and are those enough to just say Belichick isn't, isn't the brilliant coach and roster constructor chiefly responsible for these Super Bowl victories? Is, is, is that, you say cheating and painting with a broad brush. I agree it's cheating, but we don't know who else cheated, and we don't know to what level that cheating pushed them over the top. Are you saying they won because of their cheating and the cheating was the biggest reason why they won so much under Belichick? No, no, I'm okay. just saying that. You know, I mean, he did what he did with some aspects of cheating. Now, I don't know, like you said, we don't know in the era of when Don Shula, what he did, whatever, to get the edge to win. I'm, I'm just saying, you know, I mean, I, they're both great coaches. So I'm just, you know, just putting that in there, I guess, of, you know, not degrading or yeah. saying that he's a bad coach, whatever. I mean, yeah. He did two things and got caught. Now, it, yeah, it's a necessary part of the conversation, Mark, and I'm glad you called and, and brought it up. And, uh, I mean, it applies to a lot of sports because there have been great teams, great coaches. I mean, Clem Haskins at, at Minnesota, Craig, uh, you know, we found out that they cheated and they took the Final Four banner down and they took the wins away. And that was for test papers be, or papers being written for players, which I think we can all agree goes on at a, a far many other places besides the University of Minnesota. Has for years, did before, has done since. But does that make Clem Haskins not as good of a coach and recruiter as we think he is? He had one Elite Eight and one Final Four. 
in his years at Minnesota, does the cheating make Clem Haskins feel like a worse coach? I mean, it, 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 you know, does that doesn't that, help? <laughs> it, it, I agree. Um, so Mark brings up a good point. Um, and by the way, it, I mean, a lot of people consider you know, people go Chuck Knoll. He won four Super Bowls. Tom Landry. He won three. These guys won more than Shula. Shula sometimes isn't even in the first breath of the best NFL coaches of all time, even though he's the wins leader. Yeah, and I certainly thought once he got Marino that that would change things. Uh, it is amazing that Marino, after his rookie year, never, never, uh, never made it back. Yeah, and of course Joe Robbie, you know that South Dakota connection, yeah. the owner of the Dolphins, um, and uh, so you know give Joe Robbie a lot of credit for developing the people that they uh, had early on there with Miami. And Doug Eggers uh, from Wagner, South Dakota, played for Don Shula when Don Shula was the head coach of the Colts when they were one of the best franchises in football in the '60s. And uh, Doug was on Calling All Sports with Marco and Mike H. a little bit earlier and said Shula was a tough SOB back in the day, and he wasn't necessarily a whole lot of fun to play and practice for. Here's more from Doug. He was on everybody, and a stickler for defense. Um, Of course, he had come from the Cleveland Browns, and Paul Brown was a big innovator and student of the game, and he passed that on to Weeview Bank and ultimately to any players, you know, that became coaches. And uh, you you could tell that Don was destined to be a coach. And uh, he started off with, with, uh, well, he had several uh, lesser jobs, but then he became the head coach of the Baltimore Colts and stayed there for about seven years. And... uh, he was actually he was under the owner was Carol Rosen. Okay, so there was Doug Eggers of Wagner, South Dakota, who played for Don Shula with the Colts. So here's here's the epiphany I had when I saw Don Shula died at the age of ninety the other day. First of all, it's twenty three years after he last coached in the NFL. I remember I was about sixteen, seventeen years old, and there was a big deal when he retired and handed over the keys to Jimmy Johnson, who had been. Mm-hmm. Obviously, a two-time national champion coach of the Hurricanes in Miami in the 80s, and then had just won three Super Bowls in Dallas and took a couple of years off. Um, boy, was that a long time ago that Shula even retired. He's 90. When I saw the number 90 next to Don Shula and that he had died, I thought, wow. I remember vividly Don Shula's Miami Dolphins teams when I was a kid growing up, and I remember vividly one of them beating the Chiefs heartbreakingly in Miami in a playoff game where Nick Lowry of the Chiefs missed a 50-yard field goal by about an inch, and I damn near cried. I was like 11 years old. It's it, Craig, it's one of those sports deaths, one of those sports celebrity deaths, that uh, one of the first that really make me feel old. I'm 41, <laughs> and, and you know, like, Don, Don Shula was not, he was an old man, but he was still coaching, and he was still a thing when I was younger, and uh, I went, wow, uh, time has passed by now. Don Shula is not only 90, but he's not with us anymore. Did you ever remember having any of those moments, like the first time a sports celebrity dies or does something years removed from their prime, and you all of a sudden like, man, I, this is one of the first times in my life I feel like I'm old. You know, I can't think of any right off the, right off the bucket, but uh, it... it uh... <laughs> 
get to be the age I'm at right now, it's like, oh, okay, no surprise. All right, there's another one my my age, but um, yeah, not your age, a lot older than you, but I know what you yeah, mean. I, yeah, yeah. Um, a guy who was a young man when you were younger, and when he, oh. I mean, um, I can't think of any right off uh, right off the bat. Uh, but Don Shula was one of those guys that you know, 1984 was the last time that Miami was in the Super Bowl. Yeah. Whew. I think yeah. the Vikings has been a long time, 77. <laughs> uh, Miami, it's been 84. Yeah. Um, I have a buddy who's 58, lives in South Florida now, and that's just what he thought. He remembers Don Shula as a young man. Back when Doug Eggers of Wagner, South Dakota, played for him with the Colts, he remembers Don Shula being a 33-year-old head coach. And so he, again, my 58-year-old friend, that, who's about your age, said, Oh my God! Like I remember Don Shula when he was a young coach before he was with the Dolphins, and so um, you know, uh, time flies. And the other thing is, uh, it, it, it said, he said it made him a little emotional. Uh, and I'm sure there are plenty of Dolphins fans, plenty of Dolphins fans that probably have took this news difficult because of what he obviously, if, especially if they were fans of the team when they won the Super Bowls in '72 and '73, but what he meant to the sports. Uh, relevance of that city for so many years because again he never got back to the Super Bowl after 84 he kept winning and winning and winning I mean he averaged 10 years 10 wins a year and so there're going to be people in Miami you know crying and getting emotional over it and so I was asked was there any sports figure in your life whose death made you emotional rang an emotional bell and I thought of it, and the, the closest I remember is uh, Arnold Palmer a few years ago, because I'm a big golfer and a golf historian, and everybody loves Arnie. And when I watched vignettes and testimonials from people who knew him best, he seemed like you know, not just charismatic and a terrific golfer and a, and a pop culture icon, but a truly, genuinely wonderful human being from humble roots. And, you know, I guess having known Arnold Palmer since I became a golfer, that... Uh, that made me uh, a little verklempt. Other than that, like Brooke Behringer, when I was 16 years old, he was the backup quarterback at Nebraska for their national titles in 94 and 95. And in 94, won them a bunch of games when Tommy Frazier was hurt. And then he was supposed to go much higher than Tommy Frazier in the 1996 NFL draft. And Brooke Behringer loved to fly planes as a hobby. And he was flying a plane that crashed a week before he was about to get drafted. His mom... Uh, it has said she was planning a big draft party, and then the next day she had to plan a funeral. That hit all of Nebraska hard, because Beringer was not only a good-looking uh, All-American boy, seemed to do everything right, but he was so young, such a bright future ahead of him. He was so great with kids all over Nebraska, when Nebraska football was a, even a bigger deal, huge deal at the time. And um, he was a state celebrity, and he was only a few years older than me. That was maybe might have been my first brush with being a huge Husker football fan, like mortality, like life can take us at any point in time, and this guy's only seven years older than me. But I don't even really remember crying. Do you ever remember a sports celebrity death making you emotional or, or ringing something home for you, Craig? No, certainly sadness a few times. Certainly yeah. when Harmon Killebrew, Kirby Puckett, uh, when those guys passed away, certainly sadness, but uh, no uncontrollable uh, outbursts of uh, sorrow. But uh, To each um, their own. Yep, to each is their own. Uh, all right. He's Craig. I'm John. Uh, interesting topic. You know, it's going to happen eventually. But once we get through some red tape and out of the pandemic, some college athletes are going to be paid for endorsements while they are in school. A big game changer. And Blake Lawrence is a former Husker linebacker 
who is already helping just out-of-college athletes, maximizing their financial potential on endorsement deals, and now he'll be in the business of those that are in college. Alarm bells going off for a lot of college athletics purists. We'll just kind of get the idea of, of where this is headed from Blake, who's a part of it, next on Fox Sports 98.1, AM 1230, and KWSN.com. Get the latest local sports news, scores, schedules, and columns from John Gaskins by going to KWSN.com. Also hear the station live and Craig and John segments on demand at KWSN.com.